Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And like I said, every episode, we've got a great show for you. We got Delilah Andre coming on. She's an actress out there in LA. She's doing some great things. She's, yes. You know, she's even got her own film out there. We'll be talking about that later. Mm -hmm. We even got a clip to show you that nobody's never we're seen. Super excited so about that. So we're excited that, yes. about that too. But we're excited to have her on to talk yes. a little bit about her story and what she's doing and what she's done. And let's just see where this goes. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing. I truly appreciate being here. You guys are wonderful. You know, I've I've listened to some of your podcasts and oh, it's incredible. Well, we oh, definitely appreciate it. You know, we we started this in January, which I'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. Um, but as we get started, you know, I'm sure since you've heard a few of the recent ones, you know, I always start the same way since COVID. Got to talk about that. Got to get the elephant out the room, so to speak. Yes, crazy <laughs> so, here. you know, when, when it comes to entertainment, how has COVID affected you and what are you doing to maneuver through that? Oh, my gosh. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, I it was a real blessing for me because um, I had just right before COVID had dipped my feet into filmmaking. I had made my first mm -hmm. film and I had just finished the pickup shots you know, shooting the film and the pickup shots right before COVID. So oh, wow. I went straight yeah. into production or straight into post-production. And um and it, it really did impact me as well because um, you know, I had a, a commercial, yeah, one commercial, a, a print job and a live event that were booked that were canceled immediately. Um oh, wow. and it also wow. gave me the opportunity. It, it was interesting. It was a blessing in disguise because it gave me the opportunity to really like go full on into my film do all the post-production with my editor and just really refine it and getting to the point that I wanted to be. And yeah. so, yeah, it was mm -hmm. just, a, you know, I found a new opportunity. And I also, I'm also an entrepreneur. I have a, um, a success coaching business. Uh, I do hypnotherapy, mm -hmm. helping people get rid of bad habits and yeah. ones. So I was doing that on a very part-time level, you know, and I was, I gave me the opportunity to help people through the pandemic and to be able to give um, them hope again and give them uh, excitement about their lives and new ways of you know maneuvering through this whole thing, pivoting and all that stuff. So um, it was really a blessing for me to be able to do a little bit more of my, my other passion, which is really helping people and coaching them. Oh, cool. Okay. You know, talk about the blessing, you know, yes. like our show, we started January 3rd of this year. So, you, you know, the other day was our 11 month anniversary. I guess you could say almost one year. We're getting there. Close, but but close, 11, yeah. we hit 11 months. Mm -hmm. But we started this show January 3rd with the idea that it was going to be a country music interviews show. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and the goal was 100 interviews first mm -hmm. year. And when COVID happens, I told Sandy, this is our year to shine. You yeah. know, we, you know, Guests are going to need a place to talk, a place to read, a place to whatever. And we're going to give them that platform to do that. And because of that, um, we are over 290 interviews now. Yes. And because of that, we've also expanded, as you know now, not just artists, but we're, you know, all genres of artists. But we also bring on actors. We also bring on actresses and, you know, and we also bring on authors and athletes yes. so it's been a crazy ride this year because so i was joking with sandy that you know five years down the road if we become a ryan seacrest type show a bobby bones type show a ty bentley that we will owe covid to that the takeoff of it. <laughs> that's 
that's amazing. Wow, congratulations. This is so exciting. I love how you turned lemons into lemonade. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you. it. Yeah, it's the only way to live life, right? Yeah, it really right. is. I mean, you you can't change it. I mean, we we sure couldn't. Uh, if we had the cure, we'd be rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just had to do what we had mm -hmm. to do. Um, yeah. As we get started a little bit, um, I'd like to go a little light before we get into your story. Mm -hmm. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of acting and the other stuff you do? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, there's a few hobbies that I have. One is martial arts. I love doing uh -huh. martial arts. Although during the pandemic, I haven't done as much martial arts, but that's how uh -huh. I do hobbies um i also love um well i love watching movies i know and reading books so those are yeah. those are other favorites of mine and that kind of makes sense though yeah <laughs> i guess it does yeah i do read a lot and um and i did learn a whole bunch of new recipes too uh oh, awesome. that was really fun i uh, love working out um i love spending quality time with friends and family and all that traveling mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. big for me and believe it or not i actually did more traveling this year than ever because a lot oh, of times wow. in the past my agents didn't yeah. want me to travel they, i needed to be in town the whole time yeah this mm -hmm. was the first opportunity that my husband and i had to actually go and travel without restrictions that i had in the past so it was really yeah. nice i love that um what would you say is something quirky about you something quirky gosh um quirky you mean like like someone who puts uh, whipped cream in their espresso shot, or <laughs> I really take it as whatever the guest thinks yes. is working. Well, you know, their definition up to their interpretation. Oh, okay, I'm sure many people would think I have lots of quirks. Um, if I were to <laughs> my own quirks, um, I would say um, I do get really excited about like the little things, and sometimes people think that's funny. Um, I'll just get like like super excited about something that just seems so minuscule but you know for whatever reason that moment i'm just like completely hyped up so wow. and i have been told that sometimes i'm i can be a little bit gullible i've been working on that so right. <laughs> that could be a, that's probably work actually <laughs> <laughs> so when did you know a lot of people would ask when did you know you wanted to act but i always like to go a step further when did you know that this could be a career for you what was that moment you know um i was led to acting in a very unusual way um it was not i grew up in northern california in the bay area at silicon valley and really you uh the path was normally engineering computer science programming and that's what my parents wanted me to do and i was really good at math so i ended up um taking all the math classes i could by the time i was 15 and a half Dean of students asked my parents to send me to the local college at night to take additional math classes, just not to hold me back. Mm. And the funniest thing was that every time I would walk to the math department, I would run into this just unusual person standing on the corner of the drama department. Mm. And when I say it was unusual, I mean, he had like really big red hair, like, <laughs> like Afro red, bright yeah. red. Like he had these freckles and he was just, he really stood out and he was really tall and he talked like a surfer dude. He'd be like, dude, man, have you ever taken an acting class? And, <laughs> I, and I was like really serious at the time. No, I'm supposed to be an engineer. I'm on math <laughs> class now. And so I'd go to math class and every so often, you know, I'd run into this guy and he keeps saying, dude, man, have you taken an acting class yet? And then finally he's like, dude, man, it could be a college credit, you know? 
And I'm like, uh, an elective, a credit. And then I thought, well, I guess that makes sense. This is what I was thinking. And I had the good fortune of when I did take the acting class, um, the teacher encouraged me to continue on. I guess she saw some kind of potential in me and um, she encouraged me to start auditioning and I didn't even know how to audition. And so I went on the last day of this, I don't know, six week workshop people were in about how to audition, like literally the last day. Cause I think the dude man guy <laughs> don't uh-huh. like and so I never yeah. even got his name, but um, I went to this workshop. And so now here I was, I auditioned for three um, plays. I'd also gotten into singing at the time. So the first two were complete bombs. I did terrible. One of them I'd over sang and, and lost my voices for musicals. And then, um, and I was so embarrassed. The third one I almost didn't go to cause I was like, so like devastated from the other two auditions. Something inside of me told me, you know what? What's the worst that could happen, really? I mean, I got to go do it. And I did. And honestly, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I booked Singing in the Rain. And I thought I was going to get a small part, but I got one of the leading roles. And after that, I started realizing, wow, I really love acting. Uh And, um, And then I just, one thing led to the next. I was modeling in San Francisco at the time, trying to figure out a way to get it to sort of go into acting right. and, um, and be able to afford classes and things because my parents at the time were not supportive. Um, they were just trying to protect me, you know how it is. And yeah. so um, I met a girl there, it was a, another chance event where she was, her dream was to become an actress in LA and she was about to move there and she said, come visit me and all this stuff. Uh. And a year later, <clears throat> I ended up visiting her. It was the first summer that I didn't take summer school. And when I went, went there, she said, oh, you've got to come to my auditions with me. And I didn't know you weren't allowed to go to people's auditions. She was just lonely. She wanted companionship. She's like, this will be fun. Mm-hmm. And I ended up booking all this work. So my six-day stay turned into 16 days, and I got into SAG. And that was the moment I knew oh. that I could actually make a living doing this. Wow. And, so, and my parents started to see the evidence, too, that there was really there was something there to it. Yeah. And so that's when I decided to take the plunge. Well, wow. I love that story. Yeah. yeah it's like even story. with our show, I can remember. Um, now, we did some interviews back in 2014 with another thing. Yeah. But not many, but not on a show level. And I remember when we launched January 3rd of this year, because, you know, we were running New Country Buzz. And I told Sandy, it's last year, it's time to go to the next level. We're going to do our own show. And she thought I was crazy. I did, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but she, and then she was like, well, what would we name it? I was like, well, yeah. the Chris and Sandy show, what else? Yeah, and she was like, well, nobody knows who we are. Yeah. I was like, it worked for Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley and all of them. It'll work for us. You know, if it's if God's there, it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I remember January 3rd happens, and, and we set that date because of my, my mom's birthday, and she passed away years ago, but you know, that was kind of a special day for her birthday. And it wouldn't, we procrastinated all last year. So I felt we if did. we set a date on her birthday, we won't procrastinate. We'll actually launch. And we did. And we so, did. That's what we So January 3rd comes around. I remember we had two interviews that day and we got off the interviews. And I was like, I found what I want to do. I'm 49 years old here. I guess 48 then. But I, yeah. I was like, I fell in love with this. And and I've been doing this all, all our marriage, you know, because we, um, there'd be so many times we'd be out and about and I'd run into strangers and she would know two, three minutes in, we're there 60 minutes. 
and she gets upset sometimes, roll her eyes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we laugh about it now because we look back because I did this thousands of times in our marriage, and now we realize that God was preparing all those times to do a 60 minute show. Wow, that's amazing! So, and here we are. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, God really and, in mysterious ways. Yep, and, and then mm -hmm. of course, within which God led us to you, we know, like we talked before, shows it's right, really cool yes. when you start to see God work in ways. Yes, it's really crazy when you see that. It really is. Wow, it's. <clears throat> I'm so excited for you guys. And you know what? Your name, Kristen, uh, Sandy, is the perfect name for a mm -hmm. show. In fact, it sounds like you guys have been established for, for decades or something. You know? <laughs> we <laughs> like, like to hear that. Like you, you, know, again, you know, when you look at a lot of the major shows out there, you know, yeah. that has one or two people in it. Now, granted, like The View, you can't say all their names. But when, when right. you look at all the shows with one or two people, it's always branded with their names. Yeah. A it big is. one, of course. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Now, granted, tonight's show that's a little different, but for the most part, most shows are branded with names. And I was like, well, which you know, we've always our marriage has always been our brand. Anybody that knows us, because we've been a twenty four seven couple since the day we married for eighteen years. That's you know, so everybody that knows us knows that our marriage is the brand. I was like, you know, so what better name? Ah, oh, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So, as you know, a lot of people, they see a lot of these actors, they see the glory behind the actors. And, of course, they move to L.A., they have all these dreams, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes to make it, not even at their level, but even at a, just a career level in acting. Mm -hmm. And I always want to talk about that side of it because nobody else talks about it. Everybody almost sugarcoats this side of the of whether it's an artist whether it's acting, it doesn't matter. In, within entertainment, everybody sugarcoats this. I don't like to sugarcoat it. I like the rawness uh, because, again, people need to know what they're getting into before they step into this. So what are some of the sacrifices that you and your family have had to make for you to get to even here? Gosh, okay. Well, that's, that's a great question. Um, in the very beginning, I felt like I was going at it alone. And that's probably mm -hmm. the first mistake. You really need a good team behind you. So in the mm -hmm. very beginning, it felt like I was alone. Um, of course, later on, my parents did become a lot more supportive. But um, I think that was one of the hardest things is being alone out here. Um, I had the good fortune of meeting some people along the way that really started to become a part of my team. But um, I think some of the hardest parts were um, in the very beginning, I had a lot of success. And then all of a sudden, you know, I wanted to get to the next level and it was really challenging. Um, I was really juggling between work and auditioning wow. and I was actually modeling full time at the time. And, um, and I was doing it like, I mean, I was having several castings a day, but I really wanted to do the acting. And so being able to transition from modeling to acting, I ended up having to take six months off of work and just laser focus on acting. Wow. And um, and it wasn't until that point where, until I was laser focused that I could really jumpstart my career. And I met a lot of people along the way that were, and although I did preface earlier that I was gullible, I had really good instincts. So hmm. I did meet, meet people along the way that I did not believe. They were <laughs> definitely wolves in sheep's clothing. And, um, and so the good news was that I had, um, I had good taste. Mm -hmm. in, 
in acting in, in film and work. So I could recognize if a script didn't seem right or something yeah. seemed dodgy mm -hmm. about it or the production, they seemed unprofessional. Mm -hmm. So I was able to run the other way every time. Oh, wow. It just seemed so uh, tough at the beginning. And then even when I finally got my first um, agent and manager, um, you know, it was really challenging. And I think that was the thing was, um, I would say anybody new getting into it, you know, really to try to stay laser focused and not allow anything to distract you. Um, because I also ended up later on in a, in a relationship that wasn't very healthy for me. And I think that really took me away off track a little bit. Um, and I feel like there was a foreshadowing when I had a meeting once with a manager who told me that that's what he had seen happen to young actresses was oh, wow. how they would get off track if mm -hmm. they were in an unhealthy relationship. Um, wow. And that happened to me, but fortunately, um, I was able to steer back on course again. So I had fallen off course quite a few times. The other thing is there were a lot of sacrifices I made. Um, I didn't get a chance to do a lot of things that my friends could do. Um, I didn't do, um, and there were things that I wasn't really into anyway, but you know, a lot of people yeah. were always partying and going to the clubs. I was always studying. Um, even up to most recently, I had a booking. Um, last year, a girlfriend of mine was getting married and we went to her bridal shower. And then I got a booking that I couldn't go to her after party to the karaoke bar, which I really wanted to go to um, yeah. because I needed to get up at 3 a.m. to get ready to yeah. get to a 5 a.m. call. Yeah. So mm -hmm. a lot of sacrifices like that, a wedding that I had to miss um, when I did see in the rain, one of the girls that was in the production, she was finally getting married. I wanted so bad to go to her wedding, but then mm -hmm. I had booked a commercial, a national yeah. commercial, and it was the same day as the wedding. So I couldn't go to it. So there were a lot of things along the way where I just continuously had to sacrifice to not be able to, you know, have like a normal life. But, and also um, traveling, I hardly ever traveled. I was always trying mm -hmm. to stay in town because that's what my agents would always urge me to do. And yeah. so I would yeah. do it. And, you know, you speaking about some things that, you know, we interviewed a girl named Allison Steele back in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, she's an artist or was an artist back then. Right. And, and her and her daughter were full time. And I remember asking her um, the what advice she'd given up and coming artists. And this kind of goes in. Of course, entertainment's all the same, almost same advice, really. But I remember that she said, if you can see yourself doing something else then go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of your life from that point on. Your friends and relatives, like you were saying, never understand. She said, she wanted to say that, that they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But when you're gigging, when you're, when you're grinding this out, especially at the very beginning, you have to say no um, because you've got all, all this going on. Then, you know, you, you or you might have a gig for that. Well, you can't cancel it because you don't want to be that type of artist or actor and all that, too. So, you you know, and they don't understand because they have this nine to five type job. So they're you know, when they come home, it's no business. But for but for anybody in entertainment, it's business 24 seven, whether you like it or not. Then she added, then your family has to sacrifice around you that, you know, because they have to let you go. They have to you know, they have to skimp and dot this and that. And so many. But she said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside outside of that career, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. And it sounds like that's what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think I had even tried to do some other things and I, cause I'm good at a lot of things, 
but it, I just, it kept bringing me back. And um, never more than now am I more laser focused on this business because I could really feel that God was leading me every step of the way. Wow. I could just feel it. Every time I would veer off, I felt like I was being brought back to it. Oh, and cool. um, and then when I was dissatisfied with some acting roles that were presenting themselves, that was another challenge. Um, you know, when I transitioned from playing um, like high school, college to more adult, mm -hmm. um, it became challenging because I would have agents send me, try to send me on certain things that I didn't feel comfortable doing. Or um, one of the biggest challenges, and it wasn't that long ago, it was only a couple years ago, where my agent had sent me um, on an audition for a really big HBO show. And um, it was a wonderful opportunity. I hadn't had an audition in a whole year. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited. I went and coached with my coach. I was laser focused. I was there. I showed up. Casting was wonderful. Um, I ended up booking the job. But oh, then wow. I get a call from my agent saying that um, the producers decided that you might be better for a different role. And that role, let me tell you, I was like, wow, every time I got one more detail, the more like scared I got, oh, I don't know about this, you know? Um, and and finally, you know, I had to just go with my gut and it just didn't feel right. And so I had to turn it down. And I'll be honest, it was really hard because to turn down a wonderful HBO show just like that is not an easy task. Sometimes you can make really hard decisions and stick with your values and, and your vision for where you want to be in your mm -hmm. You know. I love that. And, you know, now that we talked about the sacrifice side, we're going to go the other way. But, you know, some great things that happen, yes. great things that you're doing. And we're going to play the clip now. And you can talk about that after we get done. How's that? Yeah. Okay, let me pull it up. So let me get this straight. A woman with a sword took out two of my best men. <laughs> Man, I've heard some tall tales, but this one takes the cake. Sheriff Adams, all you had to do was look the other way. Go search the house. Take my prisoner. Run, me. Run! That night, I died in the cold. Alone away from God's light. But you were not there. The great spirit breathed life into you. We named you White Dove, bringer of peace. I will not disobey Father. I want to learn from you. I sense in you a spirit of anger. I will teach you, only if you release it. I'll do the right thing. You must move smoothly like water. Practice until you do not know where your arm ends or where the sword begins. You must strike fiercely like a serpent. At least tell me where you're taking me. I'm going to let the law give you what you deserve. And I hope it's a rope around your neck. Remember, you must not seek revenge, only justice. <laughs> you ain't heard a job, boy. Brother, who sent you? Boy, it sent us. Even better. In the world out there, you will die cold and alone. By the might my father found you. When I close my eyes, I 
I can still feel death's grip around me. You're not both new to Lonnie's part staff 15 years ago. And I tend to find them and killed it. Love that. Love it. So tell it's, us a little bit about that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, wow, that was a huge undertaking to do, but I'm so grateful that I did it. Um, you know, after the story I told you about how you know, things got a little switched up on me. I made a decision that I wanted to start writing my own content. Um, I was, there was always a writer inside of me, but I just hadn't done it. And, um, and so I'd started um, writing this, uh, this, I guess it was, it would be like a uh, psychological thriller um, based on actual, an actual event that had occurred, sort of a supernatural thriller. But then oh. my husband came to me and he said, Hey, uh, why don't you do a Western? It was just one of those things where just, uh. It popped in his head. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do Western just to do one. Um, it, I have to be inspired. There, there has to be an important story. And we were in Barnes and Noble, and I saw this book on <clears throat> the history of the California American Indians. Mm -hmm. And it was so compelling. And it, I felt like there was a tale that had not been told. And so uh -huh. I, I sort of mixed it in with, with the backdrop of what was happening during the, those times in 1800s. Uh -huh right before the gold rush going into the gold rush, mm -hmm. um, a, <clears throat> a girl's story of um, overcoming great adversity and having this struggle between, um, you know, her, her, obviously, as you saw, her parents were murdered by outlaws and she was the only survivor. Um, and she gets found by the uh, Paiute tribe, California American Indians, mm -hmm. and they raise her as their own but she's always divided inside. She feels like there's something that she needs to do. She needs to go out there and maybe get justice. And, you know, against everyone's advice, she has, she's compelled. So she goes out and does it. And this is really wow. about the adventure and her discovery. You know, what happens when you go off on a, you know, on a situation like that. But um, yeah. And uh, this film um, was, oh, I crowdfunded it originally. Oh, wow. um, I didn't anything. Um, it was quite a challenge. I built a team. I had the most, I have the most amazing team. Um, and you know, when I said my mom initially wasn't supportive early on, but my mom was the very first person to invest in my film. Oh, wow. So it's just so beautiful that, you know, things really turned around and she's just so supportive now. And, um, and so right. we went through the campaign, you know, did the grind and, went into pre-production and I continued to build a team of people um, to help me with the film. And what was really interesting was that um, I'd never directed a film before. Um, actually, nor had I ever written a film or produced one, but um, acting was really my forte, what I was really good at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But something inside me told me that I could actually really bring about this vision best if yeah. I did direct mm -hmm. it myself. And I remember I had two different opinions, like one, a filmmaker friend who, you know, cares about me was like, well, I don't know if I would direct and act in my own film. You might just want to have somebody else direct it. Uh, yeah. I had another friend that said, just go for it. You can do it. You know, who was also a filmmaker. So I decided to just see what would happen as, as things unfolded. And as we got closer to shooting it, I realized that I was going to do this and I had to split up the components, you know, so I worked on the acting, you know, 
just purely the acting for a couple of weeks. And then I worked on just what I wanted the vision for the filmmaking okay. for a couple of weeks. And of course the writing was done the whole time, but it all just came together so beautifully. And um, the people that were behind us are just amazing. And you know, from what I understand with the story of Sylvester Stallone, with Rocky, that he actually, he he's the one who wrote that. And he um, went and pitched it. And the whoever, whoever he pitched it to, the places were like, oh, they love the plot and all that. And he's like, but I got to act in it. He said, oh, no, that's not happening. So he turned them down. They were going to take it and run with it. He's like, no, I <clears throat> created this for me to act. And from what I understand, that's that was the pattern, and he did, it, and he self-funded it, and all that. And now look, it's amazing you bring that up because I actually had Sylvester Stallone in the back of my head. I was thinking, <laughs> well, he did it; I can do it too. Right? Yes. Also, as a TV series, so, um, so mm. the film is going to be more of a concept shoot um, mm. for the TV series, and um, it's a huge epic story that I want to tell. And so I felt like a feature film may not be able to cover everything unless it were like a trilogy. So I yeah. thought let's just do a series. So I'm going to be getting ready to pitch it to studios pretty soon. Oh, wow. And I've got Sylvester Stallone in the back of my head too, because I would love to act in it as well. Yes. The, yeah, the question you have to ask ask yourself is if somebody says they want to run with it, but they want their own actors, you'll have to then make that decision like he had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so true. That's so true. <laughs> hard choices, right? Yeah, hard choices. <laughs> but fun it's, ones. Like, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a fun one. It's a good place to be, for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so as you know, a lot of people, they see the big actors and all that, but they don't see the team behind them. They, they don't see the PR people or other people that are that are involved around their, their life. And I don't think that they get enough love. So I always want to talk about that a little bit, you know, to give them some love. So if you want to take a few minutes, just tell us the team that makes you who you are. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's such a great question because it is true. Um, you know, in the beginning, when I said I'd started doing everything on my own, <clears throat> things weren't really moving along and flowing as well. But now my my biggest supporter and team member is my husband, James. Oh, wow. He, I've never yeah. had support from anyone in my entire life. Um, I, I'm so blessed to have him in my life because you know, he's the only person that's ever said, really? So what are you going to do? Oh, you should do this or, oh, or wow. with ideas. And he's got brilliant ideas. So creative. And, um, and I just love the fact that he just keeps um, encouraging me to go this path. And mm. it's um, wonderful because once there's no more resistance, you know, people around you are actually supporting you and your team is, is helping build you up. It's, it's a game changer. And um, and the team that I built be behind White Dove were incredible. I would not have been able to make that film without all the supporters, um, all of my cast and crew members. Um, I'm really fortunate because the team is really what made the film and was also helped me with my career. Wow. Um, I love the story, especially when husbands and wife work together. Because, again, you know, we, we've oh, always yes. been this way. And so when you see couples that have it together it's like really amazing yeah <clears throat> so speaking of team members um like we told you before the show we got a third team member oh we do uh, yes. our little eight-year-old which you met beforehand but he's yes. going to come on Thanks, and ask his question um 
Sandy's going to go get him. And, oh. you know, we got a 20-month-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great idea. We're a family affair show. And it's funny because we always joke that we're a family affair show. And one day it clicked on me. It's like, oh, family affair media. Yeah. So I locked in the name. We own the domain familyaffairmedia.com and we're trying to build a brand around eventually family affair. And and, it, and it, what's funny about it is the initials of, of um, family affair media is fam. Oh, None of that was planned. oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, family affair. Yeah. I, I really think that oh, family really makes a difference. I mean, when you've got your family, supporting you and you guys are working together towards a common goal. It's the mm. best. It really is. <laughs> Hi, Delia. Hey, how's it going? Going good. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh, that's a hard question because I love food, but I would say, um, can I have more than one favorite? Because I, ha I love pizza. <laughs> I love sushi. Um, I love salmon. I love chocolate and ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> And what's yours, okay? Pizza. Oh yeah. What kind of pizza is your favorite? Uh, pepperoni. That's my favorite too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and sometimes they'll say pepperoni and sausage. So some so sometimes you're gonna move for pepperoni and sausage, and sometimes pepperoni. Yeah. Wow. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing? Doing good. <laughs> what is your name again? Christopher. Christopher. That's a great name. Yes. And one day it'll probably be the Bitten Show, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Bitten family, family show or something. Show, yeah. Make it all in the family. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and have you ever tried, Christopher, have you ever tried the deep dish pizza? That's really yeah, excellent. Wow. You're definitely going to try it. It's it's mm -hmm. pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, he could eat yeah, pizza all day long. That. Extra cheesy. It's got the pepperoni in there. It's, it's pretty mm -hmm. yummy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Dane. Bye. Thanks for you. Yeah, he loves his little part. Yeah, yeah, yeah that he has, and we're I guess we're preparing him for something. Who knows, right? He does a great job. He's got a great presence. <laughs> You're the second person that's recently said that, so we're like, oh, that's cool. You know? Yeah. So he's he's it seems comfortable. He likes being on our, the camera. And our 20 month old already has a little personality, and we're sitting there like, um, okay, we're in trouble. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> that's cute. We always joke she's our little diva. She oh. is. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens down the road. And, and, and the bad thing is, she's like the cutest thing, but she's the most diva thing. So. Oh, she I bet knows. she is. Ooh, I bet yeah, she's a little sassy girl. We love so, it. So the plan is once she gets about three, we'll put her in dance, and then we'll yes. see where that goes. Yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, my gosh. I started martial arts when I was really young. Not quite when I was three, but um, I think it's really healthy for a child to start doing something like that. I was very introverted mm. and shy, and mm -hmm. when I got into martial arts, it really helped open me up and mm -hmm. make me more social, mm -hmm. and I became a much healthier child, too. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but when I was 18, 19 years old, I was like the shyest person out there. <clears throat> and, you know, wow. you, could, you know, because they always say that, you know, once you have your personality, it, it never changes. And and I'm like, I believe that your personality changes based on your past experiences. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you because I used to be very shy, too. And, you know, I think I was in seventh grade when I decided I didn't want to be shy anymore. I wanted <laughs> connection and, and be social. And 
Yeah. I would just watch other kids to see how they were not shy and what would they talk about. And yeah, small talk. I had no idea how to do small talk, you know? Now, when we first married, she was one of the most shy. I was. I, I, I remember because yes. she was um, baby and she was her, the only child in Kentucky, which, of course, I was yeah. the only child, too. Yeah, it was like but, crippling. Child. But it was like um, she didn't have the fear of God. She had the fear of mama. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was. Um, mm -hmm. But she I remember because we met online February 2nd of 02. And we talked on the phone for the first time February 4th. And we met, set a wedding date, February 18th. And then we met in person March 4th. So we set a wedding date. So we were meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. We just knew God was here. We knew it. We yeah. had no doubt. And, and I remember I was at the airport and she said she would be, she told me what she'd be wearing. And you seen her walking and she's walking like, like, you know, and she, again, she's super shy. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, that's her. <laughs> but I'll never forget. And and there's so many people that's known her when we first married that when we run into them to her day, like, oh, you've grown so much so much because because you talk. Yeah, and at networking events, he would say my name for me. I wouldn't even say my name. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had networking <laughs> stuff. They have you stand up and say who you Your are. Name and she would have, have me stand up for the both of us. So, oh, I, so exactly. again, we, we were Chris. That's why I said our marriage has always been our brand. Yeah, <laughs> Sandy, you've really come a long way. My gosh, you know you're so confident oh, and you. and so conversational, and you've really come a long way. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, even a year ago, if you'd have told her that she'd be on cameras. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> yeah, because when we first launched the show, it was audio, yeah, audio only on the phone, and everything's going video and this and. And we've, I've been wanting to move towards video, but we had two issues. One is she wasn't sure about video. Right. Number two is Caitlin. You know, yes, with audio, Sandy can still be on it and do stuff what she needs to do because of Caitlin. With video, she kind of can't. So like the first um, interview we had earlier, um, she couldn't really be on it because of Caitlin. So because we try to we can only have she usually go takes a nap for one of the interviews. So if we have multiple yeah, in she a day, a one or two hour nap. She's usually only on one, not mm -hmm. both. Right. So, you oh, know, so, so we have to kind of juggle plan, and plan, plan and around. work around this. And, you know, and we make it work. It, it's rough, but we know one day that we'll get through this phase and then, you know, well, yeah. you guys are doing a great job. I'm going to ask how many interviews you've done this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, it's been a lot. And, you know, we're, it exciting. looks like next week we'll hit the number 300. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Wow. We, you, know, after, you know, you're number 293. And then one, yeah. we got one coming at 315. That, that'll be 294. So Ooh. we should hit it. Tomorrow we have nobody. We always yeah. try to take Sundays off. And then. Sometime next week, the number because we we've already got like ten book next week, so so, so we'll at some hit. Point the week. So some then, point then we because of course mm -hmm. some gets canceled and some some don't make it, but for the so, so sometime we'll next week it'll happen. Oh my gosh! Yes, exciting. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> back for months. <laughs> and what, and again, like you know, it's funny. The original plan was a hundred interviews. It then, was then and when that was going to be a lot. Then after about two months, right before COVID, we realized, you know, that's not pushing it. A hundred interviews. That was going to be too easy. So we was like, OK, we'll do 200. That'll, that'll be pushing it, we thought. 
And then when COVID happens and all of a sudden we went all in, we're like, okay, now we got to bump at 300 for the goal. (laughs) Great point. I mean, it's so important for people to stretch themselves, whether artists or not artists, just always set goals and just keep pushing and, and Mm -hmm. how Sandy, you've gotten out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, I too used to get really nervous, you know, on camera and things like that. And, and the more you do it and the more you push yourself outside that comfort zone, you achieve newer levels of not only expertise and and comfort, but you just um, are able to flourish more. And and what you've really truly been um, guided and blessed to do, you get a chance to actually do it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Cause what, and you know, I've been wanting to do some type of podcast for several years and my procrastination was I, you know, I've all my life had sinus issues and I yeah, sniffle allergies. a lot and allergies. And so that's kind of held me back all these years of doing anything, whether it's audio or video. And finally, I just said, you know what? The heck with it. If people don't like it, they don't like it. We're going to do it. <laughs> year to and of course, of all years for us to make that decision, it was 2020. Yeah, for us to face our fears, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> oh, beautiful time to do it, you know? Yes. And, and, you know, and for more part of our story, you know, I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me almost 13. In fact, December 26 would be 13 years sober. But the first five years of our marriage was really hecked on her because of those addictions. But, you know, she stood by me. She never put me down. She never nagged me. You know, she could have easily said, nah, you know, and all that. But she loved me in spite of the addictions. Like, you know, she loved me through the addictions. And sometimes people will kind of mock when we tell our story and say, oh, she allowed you to walk over her. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Because if it weren't for that, I don't think I'd be alive today. Wow. Thank God. My goodness, it was such a blessing. Wow, Sandy, you're such a powerful woman. You really are. Oh, thank you. I just, I love powerful women and that's why I wanted to do my own content because I love yes. writing stories about people who overcome challenges and you guys are both powerful to have gone through something like that, Chris. Wow. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, I may not have gone through something quite like yours, but um, there was a period of time in the beginning of my relationship with my husband before we were married that um, I had gone through a series of very unfortunate events Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of family member, and I was really devastated, and I'd gone into a very deep depression. Wow. And um, wow. and I'm, you know, if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have gotten out of it. Him and also God. Um, yes. And it just, it's just such a miracle, you know, how when you get to the other side, you become so much stronger, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> we definitely feel that because, again, you know, and, and what's bad is, you know, Sometimes you got people with AA and Celebrate Recovery will tell me you shouldn't tell your story because they're like, because, you know, they're so committed to those programs that sometimes they forget God can heal. It's true. Yeah. And I think telling your story is empowering to people. It can actually help other people. You know, I think the the fact that I'm also doing coaching on the side is because I want to be able to help people through difficult times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I know how it is. I mean, when you said you may not have made it through it, I was in a situation like that too. And honestly, it's God who pulled me through. I, I don't think I would have been alive today either. So I, think yeah, really- I remember waking up December 26, 2007. 
and I was convicted that morning. I remember it was the first time I ever been drunk on a Christmas day. So I wake up the 26th and I, and I knew I was destroying this marriage and I pleaded with God. I was ready to end it all. I told him, I was like, um, cause I didn't ask him to help me quit drinking. I asked him to just take the desire away. Cause I knew that if you just help me quit drinking, that desire goes somewhere else. And I, I was like, and I plead, I was like, either take the desire away or take me away. One of the two's got to happen. And I remember feeling that he was telling me, give him 30 days. And I'm sitting there like, okay, um, now I'm going crazy. I, re- I, re- I mean, I'm sitting there thinking all this in my head. You're God. Why you need 30 days? And I'm sitting there like, okay, is that God or is that? The- I'm really like thinking, okay, <laughs> um, there's something really wrong here. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to believe that so bad. But what I didn't know then that I realize now is when you read the Bible, every miracle was preceded by some form of obedience. My obedience was those 30 days. Wow, that is so true. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. You know, no, no matter what story that was in the Bible, it's always that that God spoke, they did, miracle happened. Wow. That's a beautiful story. I'm so happy that you're telling your story. This is very important, I think, you know. Um, I haven't really, to be honest, only maybe a couple people know this that I'm about to share with you. But um, when I was in my darkest hour, I really was thinking about ending it all as well. Um, I had had the good fortune of, um, I was always getting messages from God, but I didn't realize it was God speaking to me. And there was something, I love music. And and I got this message to go to this AFTRA sight singing class where I got to sing and also learn more, you know, reading music and all that. And I met this wonderful woman, Victoria, who later on um, became a blessing because I had gone to another uh, quote unquote healer um, and like a new age type of healer. And he meant the best, but he could not heal me. And I just had this feeling in my heart that was so painful. I just could barely make the next day. Mm-hmm. And, and Victoria said, you know, the only healer I know, because I told her, Victoria, I don't think I can make it past this week. That's how, you know, devastated I felt. And she says, I know a healer, but the only healer I know um, is a pastor and she has Bible studies on Wednesday. Why don't you go tomorrow night and see what she can do? And so I went, um, her name is Pastor Pam, and I went to her church. And honestly, I was very unfamiliar because uh, growing up, I had been shielded from any kind of religion. <clears throat> it's a bit of a long story, another story for another time, but <laughs> I was just trying to protect us. And so I really didn't know much about any type of religion, but I thought if, if she's a healer, I'm going to give it a shot, you know? So I went in there and, um, and she, um, I didn't tell her exactly what had happened, um, but I told her how my heart felt and she laid hands on me and oh, she asked me if I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. And honestly, I did not know what that really meant. Um, I'm just being honest. And I just, but then I, you know, let me just, I'll just go for it. Let's give it a shot. You know, it's exactly like I have nothing to lose really. So I said, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes. And so she laid hands on me and um, I, I can't even tell you how amazing this was. The mo- moment she laid hand, hands on me, she was praying over me. I had closed my eyes and I felt this light that was the most beautiful light I had ever experienced. I could feel it coming through the ceiling. 
And it literally came right into my heart. And all of a sudden I felt like my heart was healing and my eyes were closed, but I felt Mm. a divine presence right to my right. And I, it was the most divine presence I could ever imagine. And I thought, what is this, this feeling or who is this? And so I started to open my eyes and she's continuing to pray. And so she's, her eyes are closed and I look down and I see, gives me goosebumps, but I see the bottom of an ancient robe. And I start to scan my eyes up because I'm thinking, who is this? Oh my God. (laughs) And I look and he's looking right at me. And he had the kindest eyes I'd ever seen in my life. And I all of a sudden I thought, oh my God. I said, Jesus, is that you? (laughs) And he spoke with me uh, like a telepathically. And he said, all is well now. And he was literally in actual form. And he then turned into a mist and went straight into my heart. And I felt completely healed on a cellular level. Oh, and that's amazing. Fever from that moment on, because there's no denying for the next two to three weeks, maybe even four weeks, I felt a sensation, a type of high that yeah. no one could ever imagined. Like I, everything was bright. I looked around and the trees were greener than ever. The flowers were brighter than ever. The colors were vibrant. I mean, it was just incredible. And it has completely changed my life since then. Uh, And I, and of course I, through a few more struggles after that, I finally overcame depression a hundred percent. I was cured for sure. So. Love that story. Yeah. So, what's next for you? What's next? Well, yes. like I said, I'm planning on um, pitching White Dove as a series. Um, I, I dropped the old agent that I wasn't really happy with. I'm going to get a new agent. So, uh, I'm really right. excited about that going into the new year. Um, gosh, um, I have a lot of plans actually for um, our production company. Um, you know, I know that sometimes uh, you guys. Uh, talk about you know what your goals are for the future and i know that for me um i'm just going to stay on this path because i feel like it's you know a god-given path and and god really put this project into my heart and everything was coming together and has been ever since people are being put in my path and that are really just helping move it forward and i'm just very excited about that so i've been writing the series bible i've been um putting my pitch together uh, I have another project too that um, I had outlined, another feature film, mm-hmm. and that one um, is going to be another project later on. But the, the future is bright, you know. Love that. Yes. <clears throat> so um, let's look ten years down the road, fifteen years down the road, and let's say that everything you're trying to do happens. You're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like, you're there. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? I would say enjoy the moment, enjoy the process, um, be patient, um, celebrate the wins. You know, it's really important. It's something that I used to forget all the time, but to celebrate the wins um, and to stay in touch with people, you know, Um, all the wins that that are in my life I want to be able to connect and stay in touch with them more often 
Those are some of the things that I would say to do. I love that. Yeah. Now, let's say that you've got a friend of yours and they want to get into acting and they're pretty good. You've We've watched them. They've had some gigs, maybe a few commercials, and they've done a little bit of work. So they're still getting their feet wet, but they just know that they're supposed to do this. What advice would you give that person to kind of help guide them the next couple of years? I would say for sure, if they were doing acting to definitely practice the craft, study the craft, really like, you know, have that passion about the craft. Um, and then I would say to, um, you know, be patient with themselves and mm -hmm. just go out there and start, you know, doing, you know, student projects, independent films, whatever they can get their hands on to just start doing it, just start being, going and being out there if they like theater, to start doing theater and to really just um, dive deep into it. And I would also say to have um, some kind of stability in finance, like meaning that they do have a continuous stream of income coming in. Yeah. As, um, I think that that's really important. Maybe some type of entrepreneurship, maybe yeah. learning about business, um, the business mm -hmm. of acting, the business, business in general, to be able to run their own business and have that um, discipline and uh those amazing habits that can keep them going i love that anything you want to add me you got any questions <laughs> he put me on the spot here, so i wasn't prepared <laughs> you have okay okay now. okay okay final question huh? yeah final question. what do you want your legacy with your acting work to be my legacy, <clears throat> I think with, with acting, um, it, I think it'll be acting and filmmaking together. Yes. And I, I want it to be something where um, I've created films and shows that help really empower people. And I would love to be able to help people elevate their consciousness to be able to really empower them on a real deep level. And so I, I hope that um, my legacy will leave that behind. and that I'll be able to um, inspire others and give them that hope and desire and motivation to do the things that they really want to do. Oh, wow. I love oh, that. Great so if you want to tell that. people how they can find your stuff or find you or whatever. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they can definitely find me on Instagram. I'm at Delilah Andre. Um, they can also go to whitedovefilm.com. And that's where um, currently it's still directed to my old Seed and Spark page but there's a way to get on our mailing list so that I can stay in touch with them. And, um, and they can also message me through there until I shift it over to the new site. So I would say um, whitedeathfilm.com and at Delilah Andre on Facebook, as well as um, on Instagram and Twitter too. And, um, yes. and you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We look forward to having you back. We do. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are just amazing. I, I truly find it a blessing that I'm here and, um, it's, it's such an honor to have met you and have had this wonderful conversation. And I look forward to coming back and telling you all about the new stuff that's going on. Oh, that, that sounds 